Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of the Mass Effect Adventum RPG podcast. My name is Emily Rose Jacobson, and today I'm going to be your massly effective moderator <laughs> as hey. we answer some questions that you have sent us. So, well, thank you all so much for sending us these questions. We just thought that after a year of doing this podcast, uh, we're sure that a lot of people had questions about how we did things or about our characters, and so we wanted to make a special episode where we answered what you were wondering. So before we get that started, let's just go through and let's have everybody introduce themselves and their characters really quick. Great. Hi, everyone. I'm Matt Acevedo. Uh, I play Voke Kirk, the Krogan Battlemaster. Uh, I'm Naeem Stewart. I play uh, human soldier Brander Nickens. I'm uh, Evan Glessner. I play Valor Rao, the neurotic Solarian scientist. I'm Tanea Rivers. I play uh, Jaizira, Asari Justicar. Uh, I'm Bert Jennings. I play all of the NPCs. <laughs> yeah. And I'm Emily Rose Jacobson, and I play Melovia Akainus. My name is Emily Rose Jacobson. I play Melovia Akainus. Can't say my own character's last name. Uh, the Turian agent. So yes, and for those of you who are who are just listening to those podcasts and maybe wanted to hear this Q and A episode early, uh, we will do our best to not give away any major spoilers from the show. If we do talk about something or if we do answer a question, we'll talk about it in the most vague of terms. So yeah, so do not worry. We are going to do our best to avoid any spoilers in this episode. So. Sweet. Let's go ahead and get this party started, unless Bert or Naeem, you think, uh, is there anything else I should mention before we get started? Uh, no, I think that was great. Um, look forward to just kind of, these are all questions that were sourced by people via the, all the different communication things that you can throw at people nowadays, so this has been sourced from, from all that, so I'm very excited. I am looking forward to seeing uh, some of the questions, so... I get all the questions. I should say. All of the questions. There's one awesome. in particular I'm not interested in, but I won't tell you which one it is. <laughs> I'll try and figure out which one it is. So let's get this party started. Um, so this is addressed to everyone. Did any of you have alternative ideas for a character you wanted to play, but ultimately decided against? So just curious what an alternative version of our group may have looked like. <laughs> Um, I originally was going to want to, I was wanted to play as a, uh, Drell. Mm. That was my original goal to play as a Drell assassin. But I don't know why I decided against it. I think at the time when we were figuring out who we were going to be and everyone had picked their characters already, I was like, well, there's no human. I was like, all right, well, I'll just be the human then instead of just being a Drell. But I, I, it could have worked out either way, I think but it'll be drastically different from who my character is currently. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So this would have been like Thane from Mass Effect 2, kind of. Sort of. Kind of. In a way. Not really. Just. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, he's the not. only drill assassin that I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would have played it way different than how you see Thane. Hmm. But. Uh, yeah. Um, I, for me, I, I, 
I was kind of thinking of just playing, um, I wanted to play a Turian at first, because Garrus, I really, really like Garrus. And I wasn't, I, I, at first I was like, this would have, I wanted to play it like that character originally, because I, I don't really play characters that are like that. I, I know how to, but I just, I find myself leaning more towards um, kind of like the bulk fun character. Um, so I, I decided to go with that and, and having Emily tell me that she was going to play uh, a Turian kind of solidified my decision. I was like, oh, I'll play something different. So um, yeah, so but there's a world where I, I might have been a Turian. Or you could be in the future in case something happens. If I yeah. die, you're going to see. <laughs> and, and knowing me is probably going to be like, just super like serious super brooding like a very I, I gotta stop with these anime kind of tropes <laughs> <laughs> so opposite of how you are though um thanks man so i was always going to play a justicar uh my favorite character is samara uh and liara so i was like yeah i'm definitely going to play an Asari. Um, I wasn't sure if it was going to be a Justicar at first, but then I was like, of course, yes, it has to be. Um, and my idea actually was uh, that it was going to be a conflicted Justicar. Um, so yeah, it, it uh, seems to be panning out that way. <laughs> <laughs> Evan, do you have a character? Did you have any other characters in mind? Uh, yeah, I kind of knew I wanted to play a Solarian, and I usually gravitate towards characters that are kind of like not badass, and so I kind of wanted to wrap. I kind of had an idea of that, and once I heard what everyone else's characters were, there's like Turian, Krogan, Asari, Human. I was like, oh, well, a Solarian, you know, that, that fits. So everything <laughs> kind of aligned there. Awesome. I know for yeah. me, I was looking into um, an Asari or a Quarian that was going to be very, very bubbly, but I felt like those were going to be, that I felt like those, those was, it was too close to uh, the characters already in Mass Effect that I was like, okay, I want to try something different. Oh, I love Garrus. Oh, I haven't played Andromeda yet. And I, even though I know there's a female Turian in there, I'm going to do my own version of, of like who I think would be a cool female Turian character. So that's how Malovi came to be. But I think I would personally like, I really want to explore a Corian too in the future. That'd be, That'd be sweet. I really like how all of uh, every, like everyone's character choices, I feel like it's, I really see ourselves in it. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it kind of fits yeah. who we are in like a really good way. I, I've always really enjoyed that about this crew. I, I, I kind of want to bounce that question off to Bert in a way. Yeah. Like, was there any NPC like Xyla, for example, that was he always going to be uh, Corian or etc. etc. Um, yeah, Xyla was going to be Corian. Xyla was Corian based off the fact that there isn't one in the group, and I kind of wanted to have um, all all respective uh, major species represented uh, aboard the Rubicon. Uh, and then we also have uh, maybe a not expected species with the Grand Master. Uh, it's just uh, to me, it's just this this very interesting group uh, that's collected there, and everyone has very unique personalities. So, um, but I also have this idea in my mind where it's like, yeah, I mean, it's. I'm sure we'll talk about this question later, but it's the idea that um, we can do a lot more with a role playing show 
game, right, than than a traditional video game because there are no limitations. It's our mind. Uh, but in my thought, it's like, you know, one of the cool things that I loved about the Mass Effect games was the sh the ship that you were in felt very lived in. There was a diversity of just like crew members walking around doing things. In my head, I was like, well, they can meet people along the way, and in theory, right. You know, when you would play the games, you'd be like, who's your party members that you want to take out with? And I was like, yeah, they can just start collecting people that they meet on these journeys and bring them in the ship. And then that kind of happened, and I was like, oh my god, this is crazy having to deal with all these NPCs walking around. Uh, <laughs> but there's this, this cool idea that you guys could be like, yeah, hey, come come on with us on this mission. And they're like an NPC, but like there's also the, the very real risk of like permadeath with these NPCs that you're taking out. So like I kind of like this idea that over the course of time, the Rubicon will become more and more of you guys can be like, yes, I want to recruit or invite members to come aboard. And that allows me to like participate in the adventures, but also be like, you know, it's a risk versus reward for you guys on, do you want to bring, uh, you know, broke us out? And if so, then, oh gosh. you know, <laughs> there's that risk, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. I love that. All right. Uh, our next question, what has been one of your favorite moments in Mass Effect Adventum so far? So I will repeat, uh, please try to avoid detailed spoilers. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> from, a, from a player, just from, from a player standpoint on, in the meta, I love the nat 20 moment um, with the with the Solarian. Um, I won't say. You know, we all know what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I think I think we can. Yeah, I think we can. Yeah, that's a few episodes. I think that's this. that's been out for a while. This is a yeah. this is a season one recap. Just to contextualize the spoilers, this episode's going to come out before the season finale. Uh, so the very last episode will not have been public uh, when this comes gotcha. out. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. So it's just don't avoid spoilers in like the last one the last episode maybe but cool. you guys could feel free to spoil whatever you want up to that and and if you haven't got caught up then be warned i want so, i want you guys to speak freely so you can tell me how speak specific when evan oh, evan was making his saves moving closer and closer God into it, range I... <laughs> to get close to, to hacking the atlas and then he rolls a nat 20 hack that is I mean, I think that's such a great, great moment, uh, just in general. But um, I, for me, I also really like everyone has such nice secrets, uh, and I feel like everyone's characters have, have been such so fleshed out. I love how you guys have been kind of playing true to your characters. So I really, really like that. And and I, my last thing for me that I also like is how we incorporated Zekin into it. I, I, I don't, I don't think I played in a campaign where I've had a guest come in, and like really kind of shake things up so i i really mm -hmm. appreciate joven for coming on yeah. and and playing that that could have gone either way and we made some choices that probably made it for the worst but i thought it was awesome from a player standpoint yeah i agree the zekin uh arc was super fun and it, it was really awesome the one thing that i like really enjoy across the board is when everyone is making decisions that's really consistent with their character even if those yeah. aren't like the best decisions right and uh i don't know like uh oh, what was the the one where i yelled fire in a crowded theater and like everyone was like uh it was like there's an assassin <laughs> in the room or whatever right? oh that that yeah or or yeah, like think, yeah, that is my favorite yeah. moment or like yeah. when you know Tanea's like i'm a justicar 
And then everyone's like, oh, shit, Justicar, you know? It's just like, <laughs> those moments to me were always just really fun because it was just like, it's just rolling the dice, like, all right, let's see what happens. Yeah. Um, my favorite moment is pretty much anything with Evan and Matt's character <laughs> because they play very well off of each other. They're like total opposites. It's like a buddy cop movie anytime they're together. Uh, and unlikely my, duo. Exactly. So one of my first favorite moments from them was when uh, Evan's character, who's a Solarian, was hiding behind Matt, like yeah. as he was walking. That's right. <laughs> it's just like little things like that. I just find so funny. It's good when it's combined with Jaisira, because Jaisira has like a little more like, kind of plays the straight man to this, where it's just like, I don't understand what you're, what is this thing you're referring to? Like someone will make a pun. <laughs> And she's just like, what do you mean by yeah. this? I don't understand yeah. puns. I don't yeah. understand sarcasm. It's all good. <laughs> it's just totally opposite of me because I'm sarcastic a lot. <laughs> oh, speaking of, Ma uh, speaking of Matt's character, that's right. Uh, Cerberus, they're going to do shit to my body. <laughs> oh, my oh, man. God. <laughs> the way he Cracked me up. Voke isn't an actor, you know? He's... <laughs> Uh, he tried. Very, he really uh, tried. He's not that most elegant, you know, dude. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that encapul encapsulates my favorite moments, which is the ebb and flow of, of our episodes. Which is, you know, we have these roll twenty mo a moment, or these uh, natural twenty moments where you know you guys are. I was like, oh, I was prepared for Evan to to die. I was prepared to, for that character to die in that moment because I'm like, I don't know how many times I tell you that there's a. a, a freaking atlas that's coming here and you should be concerned and it was kind of like ah, and then like he's gonna go to it's like you're gonna die like i don't know what to tell you and then i just totally forgot that evan has just like decked out stealth skills i'm like well he can't hack it and then he did and i was just like what the and uh you know like the, that is a flow that is a flow that way uh where like the pendulum shifts in your guys's favor and then that's juxtaposed to like the next episode or the previous episode right where it was like uh, everything was going bad like Evan you know or it was like they they you know yelling hey there's an assassin in here and all these engineers dying you know uh, Hannibal getting like the 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 main objective and taking it away and then blowing it up so like there's this very interesting ebb and flow of things working in your guys's favor and then things like not working in your favor and overall you as a group just roll with it and go with the punches and it, and it's the amazing thing is none of it's scripted so all of it's just like this is happening now and then you you can see that i can see in your guys's eyes as you're reacting to it in the moment and trying to you know problem solve it and figure it out and, and you know it leads to some interesting things I, I won't spoil the end of season one uh but if you're hearing this you know probably of like the big kind of uh climactic ending where it's just like a lot of stuff happened and it's just the fact that you guys can go through so much as characters and then have like that dark serious moment but then also be like this is how we're going to get better and move on and that's to me like the important aspect of you guys right you 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 mesh very well bert spoils us y'all bert yeah. you're like you're such a good gm man yeah. and he does give us fair warning like he'll be like and, and like it will make an action and then he's like and he just goes choo, choo, choo. it's still moving towards you i'm like oh god yeah. <laughs> yeah. naeem do you have any favorite moments 
I think, yeah, that, that moment where back on New Voter when uh, Evan <laughs> lets possibly uh, uh, Hannibal into the, the room oh. with Oh my god! It, because it's, it's, a diff- it's a different <laughs> scenario. It's that a different thing when, when you see everyone when you're playing with them physically seeing what's going on in the room while they're recording because as as evan's doing this you see i remember specifically mad emily just their face <laughs> red like and just like air just left the room like why would you do that, do that? And then just burt just laughing to himself at the, the situation happening right now it, it was just uh, a clusterfuck of just shit happening all in a matter of love. In that moment, uh, this also attests to Bert being a great GM. Uh, there was a point where <laughs> shit hits the fan and everybody in that room were like, what? He's in here? And they freak out. <laughs> it was so and then the Krogan, Krogan using a shotgun to shoot randomly all over the place. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I <laughs> Yeah, I think I think for me, I think I think I think the new Voter arc is my favorite. Like that, that mission. I think it's because it was the first big mission our team did together, and we got to see. Yeah, we got to see so much of our characters' personalities, and we also got to see like, oh, we really need to think about things. Because I remember, I think too, like we Malovia was like, all right, everyone's gonna be charging in here. We should probably all stay in this hangar base. And everyone's like, I'm leaving, I'm leaving, yeah. I'm leaving. And I'm like, you know what, fine. I'm just gonna <laughs> sit up here just, and I rolled pretty well with my sniper shots. So I'm just taking them out pretty one by one. Yeah. And yeah, I very much want a Nat 20 Hack Atlas shirt. I would, I would wear oh, that wow. daily. And yeah, I got really scared too during that arc cause uh, I think I rolled a Nat one piloting. Or a oh, team. Yeah. And yeah, Malopia right. got impaled by oh, the ship when it crashed. And oh, I was man. Like, as soon as I rolled that nat one, I was like, well, it's time for me to look at a new character. Malopia, you were very fun. Uh, R.I.P. I honestly I thought, thought we were all going to die when that ship crashed. I was that like, was... oh, fuck. But we made it out because we're such a great team. So good. <laughs> so, so good. Yeah, man. Um, ooh. This is a fun character question. So, if you had to switch to one of the other characters in the group, who would you pick and why? That's a hard Dang, question. That is good. This Everyone's is easy really for good. me because uh, I think Malovia is, is such a great character. Like, I love strong female protagonists, so it's a no-brainer. Like, I love everyone's character, but special place in my heart for Malovia. I think I I've never in an RPG played a person who runs I'm always Emily is very much analytical so all of my characters are very much analytical I think I'd really like to play Volk Kirk because I want to run in and ask questions later Uh, (laughs) just embrace that because that is not who I am and so I think that would be a fun character to explore yeah I, you know, I would love to step into any one of your character's shoes 
for sure. Um, I think for me, the, the something that would probably be the most challenging for me would be to play someone like uh, Nickens because I don't. I find I don't. I don't know why. I just I I I think the like the role that in the beginning right we're presumed to be like the leader. I think that's such a hard role to fill. Um, and you know, and like to play this diplomatic kind of person, um, and lawful person, uh, that's something that is I just have a hard time doing. But I'd love to, you know, take a stab at that uh, at playing someone like that, or even Jazira. You know, just playing some sort of like like stick to their like their code kind of a thing. Um, you know, so both of those characters I think would be really fun and challenging for me. I, I think for me I would love to play as Volk. And I kind of do a nod to it in our at work uh, RPG on L- L5R, the system. Uh, the character I play is a... <laughs> it's a, a no-nonsense, but likes to just fight and, rather than just talk. And so it's kind of a nod to that, but I, I would be interested in play as a, uh, as a Volk or just a Krogan in general. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of have to agree. Either Voke or Jizera for me. Someone that is a little more like uh, fighting, uh, just very uh, direct. Uh, I like that a lot. I also think that, man, like the playful lore would be so fun, but I don't think, I think Evan just has it down, dude. Like <laughs> you just have the lore down to a T. Like you're like such a great Solarian, man. Thanks, yeah. dude. I think it just goes the back to like- The first episode with you, I was just like, Whoa, okay. Oh, yeah. The bar was set, and it has not come down. It has only risen. Oh, dang. Thanks, guys. No, I think it goes back to what Matt said, which was we all lend something to our characters that you just, that only we can sort of lend to our characters. Like, you know, everyone, Matt, as Voke, Emily, Tanea, Naeem, everyone, and, and Bert as well. Speaking of, of Bert, uh, have you thought of any characters on our team that you would be interested in, uh, you know? Um, <laughs> no, no, I think you guys crush it. I can't, I can't imagine playing your guys' characters. And he has his Krogan. He has his. Hey you! Yeah, I'm I get my, you! I got my high pitched Krogan. Oh man! Oh. Hope that guy's okay somewhere. I don't know. Nope. Oh, I don't. Nope. Maybe we'll find. Oh, we could have recruited him. We could go back. We could still go back. Oh. All right. So, um. Speaking of characters, which character do you think has the most exciting or surprising twist or reveal so far? Uh, and you can speak in general. I know this is tough. Uh, oh, man. Oh, we have to be vague with this one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, no, I don't think you do. You don't have to I be I mean, vague for the last one. episode. For the last episode, definitely. For, for Well, yeah. Ours, I think mine is from the last. But Ours, our, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. We are, we are uh, if you're with us this far, and you don't want any spoilers. Thanks for listening to the Q and A. Because no. how about well, well no, you can I'm do this. You can say, hey, this is my. This this might gel into spoiler territory for the last episode. So you can just make a hold on this question here, and then say it. And then we'll just say, okay, we're done. But then they'll never know when they come back in. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I can be vague. So, well, this one isn't from the last one, but um. So, Evan's character, <laughs> uh, I definitely didn't see that coming with uh, his basically indoctrination. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that that was actually surprising to me because I always thought his character was a little weird and hiding something, but I didn't expect it to be that, and I didn't expect him to have it on him either. So that was very shocking to me. Yeah, I thought playing Everyone with Reaper just... Tech could be kind of a little exciting. Yeah. But uh, that was oh, sorry, Matt, not to interrupt, but I was just thinking about. No. Um, uh, now Naeem's character also has this artifact and it's become this really interesting uh, unknown, you know. You're all such great puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm like, dang, like, I got some stuff for Vote Kirk down the line, but I'm like, you guys kind of blew my mind with all of your backstories. So I I, I think, I don't. it's hard to, to pick which one was the biggest reveal because I kind of think the, the pacing of how the show kind of naturally progressed, I just keep getting shocked and surprised by like every single one of you. Um, I don't know if I have like, you know, like a big like pick because everyone's just so absolutely fascinating and I just can't wait to figure out what's going on. And like, especially like, like Nickens, oh my, what are you dude? Like, what the <laughs> heck? I, I am so excited to figure it out. I agree. Everyone's characters have it's it's interesting because this wasn't like coordinated at all, but everyone's characters have different different backstories and different things that they're dealing with that all kind of like play off each other. But yeah, for me, the Nickens reveal, I was just like, oh man, where is this gonna go? That's really if cool. I can, yeah. I will I will censor this because this deals with season two. Uh, uh, season one, I think for me, it's it's Valor. Uh, that that the way that that goes down. And that's crazy because that's saying a lot in a situation where there are so many situations where everyone is learning more about their characters and like, wait, what? <clears throat> I think season two so far, and there's there hasn't been a lot, uh, is a hundred percent Jizira. It's a hundred percent Jizira. There's something that happens that we're just like, wait, wait, what? And it kind of recontextualizes all of, or I should say, most of season one, where you're like huh and uh i'm very excited to see where that goes but i can't tell you because that's season two and that is spoiler free so yeah hey man nice uh um yeah i think it would for me we have to be valor's uh coming out of the uh, finding out of the about the uh, reaper the reaper technology uh because it could have went so many different ways and I originally when I was because I remember I was I was asked the question oh do you go back to look for stuff and originally I was going to be like no we'll just keep going to go to our, to our goal but then I was like oh, maybe I'll find some extra stuff and then it just started becoming a snowball effect yeah <laughs> yeah Got a little chaotic there and like my original thought is that uh, because the Solarians I guess uh, take a second look at your character usually when they pass by or whatever i thought you just had like some sort of file where uh you had some sort of formula or cure for the krogan's genophage that's what i originally thought but then mm-hmm. i never thought it would mm-hmm. be something like that but it's even more better so yeah well surely thereafter or surely after is a whole piece of uh um reaper tech uh, reveal. We actually learn a little bit even more about Valora. It was almost we doubled down on the S- his connection with the STG and what that means and some of the abilities that Valora has that uh, we haven't 
fully seen yet, so I don't want to go into all of it. But uh, yeah, there's there's a lot. There's a lot there. But there's a lot with all of you, which is great because you all make complex characters. The cool yeah, thing about I this. Was... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, go for M. Was... Uh, yeah. For go. me, I was gonna okay. say uh, I loved Volk's daughter reveal. What a heartbreaking, very personal, like. Now it's like, it's just like the secret is out. And also now we know exactly what this character is fighting for. And I think that was like, I'm like, oh, because I also want to see, because that's also like an NPC now too. Uh, And so see, curious to see where that goes and see how that develops. And, you know, and I I know there's a reason why Voke, um, he doesn't say his clan name in the beginning. And I think we, we get a glimpse of it in the last episode. Um, Because if you know the history of that clan, you'll kind of know that. It, it, it's it's kind of extreme one way, uh, and Vogue doesn't, you know, is very against how that is. So um, I, I don't know. I th- yeah, I'm just excited to see what happens next because you know we don't see many female Krogans because uh, they're so rare and people do really messed up stuff to them. So I'm excited to see like this is what Vogue is fighting for. So I'm I'm excited to see how this plays out in the future with if we get to the next galaxy or whatever. <laughs> And awesome. Um, can I can I just say too, like, like from where we started, like I re-listened to episode one, to because we I like re, re, we we are like putting out a remastered of episode one. Um, am I allowed to say that? Yeah, 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 yeah. If not, then it's, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was re-listening to it, and I and I remember I kind of went back into that that like me playing it, and how hesitant i was like it took me so like a minute i think until we got into um purgatory like to really feel who i was because i was like this is a tabletop rpg we're all so different um and like like i yeah it was just so interesting to see how much we fleshed out our characters and i was so nervous in the beginning i'm just so happy that this group has made me feel so comfortable um so thanks guys yeah. I would say the same because this is pretty much the first campaign I'm playing. So I was definitely really nervous going in and I haven't really done improv before, like seriously. So yeah, yeah you're, and you're doing it. great, yeah. man. But I'm just learning off of everybody else who has been doing it for way longer. So it's, it helps a lot. Awesome. So, next question. Are there specific planets or places that you hope to visit during the campaign? Any specific factions or characters that you hope to run into? Yes. <laughs> you want, go first. You go first, then. I, I, I really... Okay, so it's two things. Um, one, I really want to interact at some point with the camp. Because I think that's the next mm-hmm. looming thing that we've been a lot of people have been waiting for to see or mm-hmm. hear in this, in this uh, story. And I also want to do the sound effects for them. But uh, yeah, I, I really want to, at some point, interact with them as the Geth. Um, in terms of planet, uh, it's like maybe a tie between Omega and uh, uh, Rannoch. Uh, Rannoch is the one, is Corian home world, I believe, right? Yeah. Um, and it, it was originally Novaria, but uh, I think I thought Nuboda was kind of a nod to Novaria because Novaria is a very snowy planet, and Nuboda was a snowy planet, so I I was fine with that. So Omega would be interesting because uh, you know Arya's there, <laughs> so yeah. 
I'm very much for Omega too. I think I really want to go see, see Omega, and uh, I'd be down to go visit good old fashioned um, uh, Pavelin, I believe is how you pronounce it. Because uh, now, of course, as we move into ME3 territory, like timeline wise, a lot of our characters are getting called back to like their original groups and factions and worlds to to deal with the oncoming or the soon to be their reaper threat. Uh, in regards to characters, I think I've mentioned this before. Malovia has met Garrus in the service, and so I think it'd be fun for them to <laughs> reunite. I think uh, I was thinking about Malovia over the weekend. I think she's. Uh, I know she's. I have. I have her listed as kind of older. So I think yeah, she's definitely kind of like an old soldier type. Uh, so I would love to see her kind of interact, even if for a moment with Garrus, just so I can also live out my Mass Effect fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> um, to your point of returning to home worlds, uh, <laughs> I kind of suspect at some point I'll probably be at Desia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, I'd I'd like to go to uh, at some point. It'd be cool to run into just different Krogan clans because we've I've seen Krogans, but I never. They keep becoming enemies, and I'm like, no, uh, and it hurts. Um, but I'd love to go to like uh, to Chanka and uh, like meet with like the Erdnot clan or something, and maybe run into like Rex or something. Like we'd fucking party. You know? <laughs> Whoa. Well, Where he didn't get shot by Ashley. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, exactly. So the, the one in this world, Ashley is dead. Okay, like she's oh. dead. <laughs> she's a racist. She's dead. It's fine. Caden's alive. <laughs> uh, I don't have a planet uh, per se that uh, I'm interested. In. I'm just kind of going with the flow of it for people or things that I really want to introduce in the story. I am ready for those Reapers, baby! Oh, no! Oh, cannot, I hate this. Cannot, cannot wait. Do they have stats uh, for those? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I haven't looked no. that far. Um, yeah, if you, if you, again, um, if you listen to season one, we had a very, um, it was interesting to have a big Mass Effect event happen uh, in real time uh which was the uh, events at the mass the alpha relay uh and it was also interesting to have that happen in kind of like a backwater town um and kind of seeing like even even at the outreaches of the galaxy like how people can would respond to it which is like oh shit uh and i cannot wait to throw something because i keep throwing things at you guys and you're just like no i'm gonna headshot all this stuff and i'm like uh um, so let's put the atlas to good use. Uh, because, Jeez. man, I'm oh, yeah, very, we still have an atlas. Very excited to throw some reapers at you. So. Cool. Oh, I thought of one. I thought of one more character, uh, Kalisa Al Jalani, who is the news reporter oh, aboard yeah. the Citadel. I think oh, it would be so much be fun great. to run into like oh, minor minor characters like that. That would really really kind of connect this through line of like oh yeah well Shepard's not here at the moment so she's interviewing people from like oh she interviewed someone from the Rubicon and yeah. like it just it just continues to like kind is of Nickens gonna stories. punch her out is the question oh. <laughs> or uh, Conrad <laughs> Conrad uh, Werner of course who is uh, Commander oh, Shepard's yeah, focus fan it's all kinds of uh, sub characters 
for me, I'd really love to explore, like Bert said, the Reapers, but also um, I really enjoyed the collectors in Mass Effect 2 and how the Reapers kind of subverted certain races. And we do have the opportunity to explore. We're like, what if there was a colony of Volus or Elcor or Solarians that we didn't really get to see them morphed into Reaper thralls, but we, mm. we can do that, right? Yep. Get real creepy. Gosh. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Next question. <laughs> Reaper Elcors would be so scary. I do not like the Reaper. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Man. Oh, man. The Banshees. Yep, the Banshees. Ooh, They're, uh, yeah, I think we're going to have big big problems. Oh, no. Bert is, like, playing with his eyebrows right now. He's, like, doing that thing where... <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, like, he's, he's got plans, man. He's scheming. He's scheming over there. Very excited. And the one note about Geth is I'm also... I think that's the secondary thing is I'm very excited about the Geth. I will say... Um, Geth have been there. There, you all ran into a Geth. Season one. What? <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, with that, there no. was the very. There's a very real potential for, for that. But yeah, you ran into. She's. Oh, yep. time to go re-listen to our own podcast. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Given your past dealings with Patreon NPCs, I think this is to you, mm-hmm. Bert, or mm-hmm. the team. Uh, given your past dealings with Patreon NPCs, are you trying to rival Zach at Hyper RPG uh, with tendency towards chat NPCs? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the context for this is uh, Zach pulls in a lot of NPCs for uh, Kolok, uh, and I think there's a tendency for them. The 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 under the elephant in the room here is they all tend to die uh and um you know our our um npc pool for mass effect is a little bit smaller just because i have to base it off of the locations that you're going to and we didn't go too many in season one but like different aspects um and uh i think i think um Yeah, it's a mixed bag. I don't want, obviously, people spend a lot of time on their characters and I don't want them to die, but we were. The group inevitably finds conflict, or conflict <laughs> inevitably finds the group. So understand that if you want your NPCs to be uh, interacting with the story, uh, enter at your own risk. Um, yeah, no, I'm not actively trying to kill anyone, but there are certain things where, you know, if a shuttle crashes and your uh, position is being attacked by. Uh, Cerberus, uh, look, your chances of survival, uh, if you're not apparently this main cast rolling nat 20s all the time, is uh, is low. But, uh, yeah, no. I, it's facetiously, yeah, totally, I'm trying to kill everyone. Uh, not facetiously, no. I think a lot of people have put a lot of time and effort in their, their characters' backstories, but they want to be a part of it. So, like, the fact that we've had uh, a couple... All of the NPCs have had a direct impact on the story. Uh, sorry, the Patreon NPCs. The, this is where you're able to create a character which I am able to pull into the story. And uh, every everyone that we've had has had direct involvement with the story, and I think that's cool. Um, especially when you guys don't know when they are an NPC that's pulled from chat, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, wait, what? Oh. So, um, yeah. Yeah. That's my take on it. Hey, man. I love it. All right. Uh, this next question is: Do any of you have specific plans of where you want to take your character as they develop, or 
Are you more just waiting and seeing what happens with the character and letting that guide how you develop them? So I guess, yeah, just to rephrase, are, do you have specific an idea, and a specific idea of where you want your character to go in the story, or are you going to kind of let the story and just kind of improvise as you go and let, ride the story waves and let that affect your character? Yes. The answer is yes. I have specific plans, uh, although a lot has happened, obviously, that I'm kind of improvising and going with, but there are things within my story that I have planned, and I know sometimes it's like, why is Jazeera doing this? Or the actions I make seem conflicting with what my character role is, but it's not conflicting with what my plans are with the character. Yeah, and there's been some subtle hints too, I think, uh, a lot about Jazeera, which I, I find, I'm waiting for those those kind of payoffs to come off because I think you've, you've laid a lot of, um, you've sown a lot of seeds and I'm waiting for those to kind of come to fruition. But, or I'm going to ruin all of those plans. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, probably. <laughs> <laughs> You know, go for it. Go for it, Em. Yeah, you go, Matt. For um, for me, um, I think I had a plan in the beginning, but then the moment that it was revealed that Rex's uh, daughter, not Rex, oh my God, <laughs> uh, Volk's, Volk's daughter is in, um, is on the, um, the collect, the Janus Collective. I think that, that, that completely changed his goal. And I think that was revealed. Well, he says in the last episode, like that has become his new, like primary objective, which I did not think Bert was going to do that. <laughs> it was like episode two. I was like, oh God. <laughs> so yes, I, I, I had plans, but they changed and now I have new plans <laughs> and they might change. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just going with the flow of what, comes up with although there is one particular <laughs> there's one particular thing that I can't wait that comes out eventually at some point for my character which I don't expect anyone could to uh, see it coming jeez okay. Okay. oh okay. man now it's gonna be Even the back everything. of my head <laughs> I mean what was what was revealed at the end of the season is like tip of the iceberg pretty oh, much oh this is i'm so excited nice. i love this i love all y'all's characters i think for malovia it's very much uh her past is very much in control of her so i think this moving forward i for me i'm definitely seeing kind of how the story goes and like letting the events and the other characters impact and affect her I think the themes for her I'm really exploring are family and healing. She, she's she gone through a lot. She doesn't know how to deal with stuff. And she doesn't know where to find herself. So I think just those are the two kind of themes I'm keeping in my head moving forward. And I'm really curious to see, yeah, like what, rela what relationships are strengthened in the group, what relationships are tested in the group, how these next events kind of peter out. And I think, yeah, like this question of what is – is, is she capable of leadership? I think that's a big thing for her too. Can I just uh, mention to M that something that I really value 
from you as a player is that if you guys don't know this, listeners, Emily's also an amazing GM, um, and you have these moments where your GM side. Like, oh no! <laughs> no, like like your, your descriptions and like your you you take control of like what exactly you're seeing in your mind, and I love those moments so much. It adds so much to the scene, and I I really really value that. I think it's such a strong feature, man, and it just helps. It really nails down exactly who Malovia is. So I think those are great. I love those moments. Oh, thank you. It's funny. Yeah. It's funny that you say that because I do. There are moments that I like almost like visually remember because of how Emily described them. Of like Malovia taking like a certain sniper shot in the snow, and the snow's kind of melting on the barrel. There's all kinds of like really cool stuff. So, yeah, that, that yeah, was, yeah, that's good. Um, sorry, what was the question? Oh yeah, characters. <laughs> <laughs> that was a yeah. very <laughs> moment. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, where do you uh, do you have a plan? Do you have plans for Valor, or are you going to let kind of the game kind of determine Valor's future? Oh yeah, very similar to uh, actually Emily, your approach, which is like Valor has uh, so some sort of uh, core drive. His past is kind of you know holding on to him, uh, and it's just basically asking the question like, okay, there's this dichotomy of who I am. This uh, you know I was this kind of more ruthless uh, STG. Uh, tactician and uh, then I became a doctor because I wanted to like atone for my past wrongs but now I have to fight so like what does that mean how can I become a fighter but not be who I was in the past and that's like basically that question shapes a lot of decisions and then the story kind of shapes how uh, you know the season finale sh- is going to shape a lot of how Valor answers that question in the next season awesome uh, Bert, are there any characters that are, you're the GM, so I think it's it's a little bit of a different situation, but uh, are there any, I guess, are there any NPCs that you have, yeah, specific plans for, or are you going to let, like, the actions of our characters kind of determine what happens to them? Um, there's no possible way that I can have any plans with this group. Oh, gosh. Yeah, <laughs> the amount of times... And the amount of times Bert has physically torn his notes in front of us. Yeah. I love it. As a GM, I cry inside because I relate. And uh, I feel bad because like, you're such a great GM. And you're such a great writer and planner. But I feel like, too, this show would not be what it is without you tearing your notes. In the love you, Bert. We love, love you. you so much. I've been conditioned on PNP, so thankfully there's a little bit of some... <laughs> Scar tissue there. Um, yeah, 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 no. So for my NPCs, a few, but even then, like Zylo, uh, I've just, the fact that Zylo has kind of gone on this little weird arc on himself, and he's kind of in an interesting place, especially by the end of season one, where season two, his mental space is very different. Um, so I'm, I'm very curious to see where he is able to get to and how he processes that um but it also depends on you know the, the ship not blowing up or something so i don't know we'll see what you guys do to throw him into danger <laughs> i i want to protect and i just say boy. the the one thing i also re-listened uh to uh, i've listened to episode one again and i didn't pick up on this when we were playing but xylo was being a little flirty with jazira I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Get it. Get it. I was like, that's not going to go well for you. 
I love that. Yeah, I forgot I think, that he. I think he, I think he kind of got the hint by the end of it. And... Oh. I totally forgot. I, man, I, I honestly love Zylo. I think he's probably my favorite NPC. I, I love him so much. I love Zylo's that he's like so great. He I'm accidentally like Master. shoots the the asteroid base that we're on, and he's like, oh no. Gosh. Like, Whoops. Oh, the Grandmaster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the, in the first we were listening to the first episode, Voke is I, I literally say uh. Because Bert's like, he's taking a while to get there. I'm like, do you want me to just pick you up? Or he's moves, <laughs> he moves so slow, but fast. It's so, it's such a great characteristic. I love, I love your, I love your characters, man. Thanks, so, Steve. question another. Here we go, Bert, man of the hour. Question for you: Given the nature of a monthly and sometimes bi-monthly release schedule for the show, how do you approach the narrative pace of the show? Do you prefer a hands-off approach, or do you feel the need to make something significant happen in each episode? Ah, that's a really good question. Um, and I'm going to cop out by just saying I go with the flow. Um, yeah, no, it's difficult because I think I I wrestle with, um, you know, this, this whole entire thing started by we're just, we wanted to get together and have fun. And so when I do stuff, it's just like, doesn't matter how long it takes us to get anywhere because we're having fun and we're just doing it and it doesn't, it doesn't, we can spend an infinite amount of time in a base, uh, closing doors. If that's what you guys want to do, uh, you know, it doesn't, doesn't matter to me. Right. Or opening doors in some cases. Um, hey. but so to me, I, I view it from that perspective and it's, and then as this has kind of picked up some momentum, I'm like, well, I want to make sure that it, people aren't listening to me and like, Oh God! Like, uh, how many times can they sit around here and and on a new boat? Just get off the, the planet. Um, so it's a balance. Um, so I'm always trying to trying to think about the next thing and where I'm trying to get you all to go and make sure that you guys aren't it doesn't become stagnant. At the same point, I have a lot of fun with just okay. Well, here's the here's the arc of what needs to happen in my mind on this planet or on this mission. And I'm like, yeah, like New Butter was supposed to be like an in and out, uh, two, two, three episodes uh, tops in my mind. And it ended up being much longer than that for a lot of different reasons. And you just gotta, you, you get to the end of the episode and then you have to reassess. Oh, okay, great. Well, a bunch of Atlases are gonna come and attack. And then it's just like, oh, okay. Well, they stole an Atlas, but the ship has crashed. I gotta roll with that. So. <laughs> Um, I take it I take it session by session with a general understanding of these are the things that I'd like to accomplish. Um, but like I said, see my previous statement, I can't plan anything with this group. <laughs> and I say that in the most loving uh, way possible. So I just kind of roll with it. Um, and it's difficult um, when you're juggling the fact that I just want you I want everyone to have fun, whether that's you guys playing or people listening. And so that's definitely always at uh, the little voice in the back of my head, uh, which is like, you know, don't, don't, don't make it stupid. Don't be, let make sure people are having fun. So. Oh, Bert, you're such an amazing GM. And it's such a joy just to play with you regardless. I don't think there's anything you could do that would make it a not fun or be quote unquote bad like i say the yeah. most loving way like it is such a joy and honor to play with you and just yeah create these stories with everyone at this table yeah but if my character ever dies great i'm not gonna get mad i'm letting you know right now i'm letting you know right now i'm gonna be good <laughs> well you heard it i'm gonna kill folk oh my gosh <laughs> don't do it i changed my mind <laughs> i take it back i take it back oh god oh 
All right, so here is a really interesting kind of uh, question for everyone. If you led your own species, would you develop your own tech or would you copy the tech of a dead race? So very kind of Mass Effect-y choices, consequences here. Wait, can you repeat the question? Yes. If you led your own alien species, would you kind of, would you copy the tech of a dead race and improve on it? Or would you try and develop your own tech by yourselves? So mm-hmm. something like the mass relays in the Citadel, in other words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is this in character or, or like us as people? I, yeah, I can, you can, either way, I, I can see it. But if you, if it makes it easier to do it in character. Yeah. I, I'm 100% using something that came before me, but with the mindset of questioning why that race is not around anymore. So mm-hmm. it's kind of, I mean, you know, this idea of the singularity or this idea of which is Mass Effect with the Reapers and, and the idea of, um, you know, civilizations getting to a point where there's the potential to, um, you know, have an extinct level event. So for me, I'm like, well, if somebody was super advanced, why am I not going to science? Why am I not going to use it? <laughs> uh, but knowing what I know about Mass Effect as well in the universe, there's this this very... Um, interesting themes of like building off those that came before and the Prometheans and all this different stuff but um, I don't know I I feel like an isolationist view of things is like what we see with the Batarians and it didn't really go well for them so yeah I'm going to use I'm going to use what came before for sure but with like the very um, mindful a through line which is like be cautious right uh, mm-hmm. because if this yeah. species is no longer here then oh shit like what happened to them right mm-hmm. but knowledge is power totally agree with you Bert I think you hit the nail on the head the one thing that I would add is in Mass Effect 1 the Solarian that asks you in a side quest can you scan the keepers for me oh, like yeah. that that guy was mm-hmm. onto something because it's like hey there were the keepers and they you know what did they even do people should have been mm-hmm. looking into that yeah yeah and yeah. it's actually really like crazy the, the the final end of that story about the keepers in three it's just like oh wait what uh, i mean yeah. i think the i think you would i think rex would probably not geez i keep saying rex uh i think uh voke would definitely like kind of build off of the past but also with caution because i mean you know you don't want to repeat past mistakes but if something's working how can we make it work without it backfiring on us is kind of the question i, I think he would definitely do that so, yeah. Yeah, I follow that same with the what burden uh, Evan and Matt said. Just uh, I would incorporate uh, someone else's uh, technology, but also make sure I at least give them a nod and respecting who, who came before us, what they did, and improving on that technology on top of that. So, hmm. I think um, Jazir is very mindful of making mistakes from the past um so i don't know if she would want to repeat that yeah i think it's it's trouble it's tricky because i think it's emily i'm very much like learn from your past move forward yeah adapt and improve 
where I think Bolivia too might be very much like a forget the past, just forge something new, try your own thing, and if you yeah. succeed, at least you oh. own that. That makes so much sense for Bolivia though. That's great. Yeah, that's great, man. <laughs> so, so next we have a very fun question. Uh, if Ben and Jerry's was making an ice cream based off of your character, what flavor slash mix-ins would there be? And Bert, uh, specifically, this question asks for you to answer as, uh, for the Grandmaster. So if the Grandmaster had his own flavor. Got it. That's a great question. I'm trying to think of a great Ben and Jerry's like pun for it. Oh, geez, I didn't even think of a pun. Oh, yeah. I just know, I just know the flavor for, for Malovia. It would definitely be a bourbon chocolate with a, like a caramel yeah. a caramel ribbon oh my in God, it. That's a hundred percent it. It's a bourbon wow. chocolate with a caramel that's ribbon. That's dope. I don't know. I, I let me. I have to think of a name like uh, hmm, shaken, not shot or something. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I think uh, that's fucking dope. I definitely think Voke would be a take on Rocky Road with like a splash of like mm-hmm. coffee. Uh, so it'd be Ooh. like like Vokey Road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's cute. Valor is probably like you know it's like Crustacean Dream or something, and it's got just shrimp chunks mm-hmm. in it or something like that. Oh, not really, oh, not really something that other people would want and would probably be disgusted by. But he'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, it's delicious, you know. Yeah. yeah, I think I think I'm gonna go with the uh, it's the grand masterpiece, mm. and Ooh. it's. It's Neapolitan because he's all about like bringing everything together. So it's a Neapolitan ice cream with like sprinkles of like waffle cone and and spray. He like throws the kitchen sink at it. So it's like sprinkles and chocolate chips and uh, waffle cone, and it's just this this menagerie uh, slash probably overload um, of of different things. But yeah, I I feel like that's his whole thing, right? Like he's trying to bring all this stuff together. So. And he thinks it's he thinks it's a really good idea. I'm for it. That sounds really good. That sounds delicious. Yeah. I want to say uh, flavor wise, um, I don't even like this flavor, but mint chocolate chip, because it's two things that really shouldn't be together, but they are. Uh, <laughs> and my character is very conflicting with um, ideals and emotions. Uh, so mint chocolate chip, very conflicting. <laughs> I have no idea, honestly. I don't. I don't know too well of the Ben and Jerry's flavors. So I don't really eat it. Yeah. I may like need it. <laughs> can I? Can I offer a suggestion? Yeah. <laughs> You're one of those like Ben and Jerry core ice creams where there's oh, like, the yeah. outside that's like cool, uh, like chocolate and chocolate, right? Chips. Yeah, you're, you're chocolate. Like, oh, okay, great. But then as soon as you like cut into it, it's like. Brownie, vanilla, <laughs> fudge, and you're like, oh, raspberry oh. cream. Yeah, yeah, raspberry cream. Where it's just like, I was not expecting this, and it's I just did like not that. Expect that. Yeah. Here's <laughs> it, here's here's the straightforward front. Like, do you do you like chocolate and chocolate? Here's your ice cream, and then you like bite into it, and like, you get to the center, and you're just like, oh shit! Spoilers <laughs> from the end of season one. Flavors. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's so funny. Dude. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's really fun. Now I want these ice creams. Um, (laughs) All right. This is, here we go. Next question. 
If the Rubicon crew was available for use in the Mass Effect games, who would you have backed up your Shepard? This is a hard question. <laughs> because, in a way, all of our characters, in the slightest of ways, has some comparison with uh, the characters in Mass Effect. The trilogy, i.e. Mm-hmm. Melovia with Garrus, uh, Jazeera with Samara, uh, Morden with uh, uh, Valor, and uh, Volk with, obviously, Rex and... Not really Grunt. Well... No, like, no, not more just, like yeah. Rex. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it, it, it's it's hard. I have to, like it takes me. A, it'll take me a minute to like think of this. Like, could we combine the crew from them with our crew? Like, do a mixed match. It would be a two, two, right? Two characters. Right. It would be two, and then it also has to like we have to figure out it, the situation has to depend. It has to depend on the situation of like the mission, because that's how I played at least. Uh, I don't yeah, know. That's true. Uh, is this like for the like final final battle or like what are we talking here? I mean, I think I know from like I think that's a great question because I would definitely like, for example, in like the what's that uh the Tali's trial mission right? Mm-hmm. And there's just the side quest in two. Like I would bring like I would definitely bring like uh, Mil- uh Milovia, you know for that because that's like a, a persuasion kind of quest yeah. but something on like mass effect 3 where it's like the battle in like old london or whatever i would bring like like the tanks like like volk you know mm-hmm. so I, I maybe like i don't know i guess i guess that's my pick it, like it, it would depend on the mission for sure i think um for me uh i well i played as a vanguard shepherd uh, so Ooh. I had biotics and stuff. So I needed like a tank like Volk or um, a technician like Valor. So I'd probably play off the skills that I already had. So I probably wouldn't need like a biotic like Jaizira. So. Um, okay. I'll, I'll wait to have else. Oh, sure. Yeah, I was just going to say probably then the opposite of Tanea since I played uh, Infiltrator Shepard having a biotic on the team. So like either like Volk or... Jizira would be sort of complement those abilities. Valor is more of like a, a healer or support, so I wouldn't really need him as much. But uh, yeah. then potentially the other slot would be like uh, Melovia or Nickens to add some extra infiltrator uh, firepower. Um, I would also, it's kind of odd to say, but I would probably switch out and switch in through each throughout each mission just for the banter that I would love to see. Mm. Oh, here that's a good point. With, yeah. With uh, Rex and all these other characters, just to see how they interact with one another. Because playing games like obviously Mass Effect trilogy and Dragon Age, you, the, the one of the best things about them is the banter yeah. you have between each character. So it would just be hilarious just to listen to the banter that goes on between the characters. Yeah, yeah I have a point. I was I was an infiltrator as well. I didn't have my commander shepherd didn't have biotics, so I would definitely have Jizera, and then probably um, Volk. Just having my my covering my biotics and covering because I was always a sniper too. That's I, was just, I like shooting from a distance, being stealthy. That's who I play in every game. Uh, so I would definitely. <laughs> I like my biotics. <laughs> I would definitely yeah. I would definitely need uh, Jizera to to be kind of my my biotics field and Volk to be yeah my my muscle. Bert. Yeah, I'm gonna say I bring 
Jizera for Biotics, and I'd probably bring Melovia because I always bring the person that I'm probably gonna do the romantic option with. Oh. <laughs> and I'd probably pick Melovia for that. Yeah, man. Yeah. But Melovia would roll really bad for that, and then and then I'd yeah. be like, oh, <laughs> I guess I guess oh, I no. just like I just pat and be like, no, we don't need to the suicide mission. Flirting. It's fine. Don't worry. I'm I'm just gonna go read or something. I'm then, I'm gonna leave. Yeah, yeah. What, I should go. Yeah, I should go. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Melovia's like, I don't do calibration, so I'll just stand here idly. <laughs> Um, Garrus was always calibrating. Like, what are he you was calibrating? always calibrating? I mean, I appreciate a man who works, but sometimes <laughs> it was like this is too much work. I have to do my calibrations. Come look at my aquarium with me, and go look for the space hamster with me. Um, so, for both GM and players, what is the biggest takeaway that you want from this project, or just that you wanted? Or, it's kind of this this question has it in parentheses as well so i guess yeah move going going into this rpg what was the biggest takeaway that you wanted and maybe what was what is the biggest takeaway that you've had so far it's a great question mm-hmm. and kind of goes into why we did this i think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh i was waiting for him to expand upon i was like i was like looking you, you can't tell me about those I was looking at Naeem on my yeah, on my that's Zoom. Yeah, I was looking down. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Naeem, you should, this is yeah. Because I, I, we we I feel like we all kind of we all just wanted to play a game. Like this is like we do a lot. I'll, like you know, me, Naeem, uh, Emily, and Bert like have done stuff on like you know hyper RPG and geek and sundry and stuff. And we just got kind of tired of playing, um, you know, like playing on stream. Um, where where we weren't necessarily always in control of our actions, and we just wanted to play a game without any like incent- incentives or anything. We just wanted to get together and play a tabletop RPG like classic because we haven't. It's crazy that we we're streaming these so much, but we never like because we're streaming it so much. That's kind of like our time where we would play it normally. So yeah. this was kind of like the answer to us coming together to play a game just like straight with friends and we were like let's just record it we'll we'll see if anything comes out like maybe we'll put it out we didn't even know but that's that was for me that was the big takeaway is like it was like us friends sitting around a table just playing with just like just us and i i loved it i love that yeah if i can pile onto that that was definitely my one was like hey because a lot of these things you do, you're streaming are like either one-offs or whatever. Like, I just want to be able to sit down and like tell like a, a, a story, like hang out with people and have fun. And so it's definitely my want. Uh, I think my takeaway has definitely been that encouraging everyone. Like, um, you know, I think one of the things that we noticed was there's just a lack of content in this universe, and it's just been so fun to go back to it and explore it and make it our own. And I think that's the takeaway: is you should, if you like something. You can, there's RPG systems for most things that you like, and if not, there are a lot of generic systems that you can use and that can apply to the things that you like. Have fun, mm-hmm. like go go tell the story. Like it is okay to go enjoy um, these universes that you consume content and then make the content for it, right? You can, you can there's nothing yeah. holding you back besides your own imagination. I don't think the reception was anything we could have anticipated though. I'm blown away by, the res- by people, con- you know, 
like letting us know that they, like they're watching or listening and stuff. Like, I, 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 I just, I couldn't, I was never, I didn't, wasn't ready for that. Like, I'm blown away. And I, I thank you all for listening. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I remember in being in the hybrid house and I think Lucas or Lucas and Matt were talking about it or maybe not even two. And I think someone came up to me and said, Emily, do you like mass effect? And I was like, Yes! <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> like, I want to be a part of it! Oh, yeah, I love Mass Effect! Because uh, for y'all who don't know, yeah, I played Commander Shepard in a fight choreography improv show in LA for a few years. Uh, so I was like, I was coming off of that too. And I was like, yeah, more Mass Effect in my life. Heck yeah, let's do it. And yeah, I echo it. It's so nice to have such a, a beautiful story with all these amazing people and I think something that I've gotten from this is I have become such better friends with everyone here at this table like uh Tanea and uh Evan I didn't really know you going into this and it's just been so much fun to get to know you and to develop this really awesome friendship that our group has like I would hands I love going out for for group lunches and I love we spend so much time catching up especially right now during this time of quarantine before we record episodes because this is just such a, a beautiful group of storytellers and, and creators and performers and it's it's just such a joy and a blessing to be on this and that's kind of like this is this is a very precious and special RPG and story to me and that's what I've kind of gotten out of it. I think adding to that point uh, for me, Naeem approached me about it and I was like, because he knows I love Mass Effect um, <laughs> that's a, probably a part of the reason why we started dating is because we started talking about Mass Effect oh. uh, so uh, to that point, I moved here, and I didn't really have many people I knew here, so it was pretty awesome to find a group where I can hang out with and have do stories, you know, things that I was missing, because um, I really, really want to get into writing and improv more, so it was, it was that opportunity for me, not just being able to continue Mass Effect, which I love, um, and want it more of, you know, uh, it's also the community and friends and, you know, feeling like I have people who can, you know, take my mind off the things going on in the world. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I'm more in a similar uh, boat as Tanea where Bert invited me and he's like, hey, we're doing this Mass Effect thing. I love Mass Effect. Bert was actually the one that introduced me to the Mass Effect games many years ago. He sat me down at the Xbox. He's like, hey, just play this game. And I was like, <laughs> and I was just there for hours. I'm like, I'm sorry, man. I'm in your house. I'm playing Mass Effect. <laughs> just let me stay a little longer. And uh, so it was just like, I just fell in love with the games. But I didn't really know what to expect because, you know, uh, you guys are, you know, you do streaming, you do all these cool games. And I was like, I I don't know what this is going to be like. And then from like the first moment, I was like, oh man, this is so fun. And then over the, like the, the past time when we were recording, I've just, you guys have just been become like great friends. And I look forward to like, even before episodes, like catching up and seeing what games you guys are playing. And just, everything. oh yeah. yeah. So we talk for like so long before we get recording, yeah. even after we just like my, one of my favorite things is when we back before quarantine, when we would record, we'd go and get like breakfast, yeah. you know, our brunch after or whatever. And that was just like, so fun. Yeah. Like that place yeah. was delicious. I hope that place is still around <laughs> after <laughs> all this is said and done. I think they're still there. I think. Yeah. They're super popular. Heirloom bakery. Yeah. So mm -hmm. good. Go there for brunch. 
we literally sit at a round table and just talk like the last the, what happened in the session future prospects gaming in general like it's just yeah. i don't know man like it's just fun i really love hanging out with yeah. you guys some mimosas yeah. agreed naeem um yeah the main goal for this was to make sure we're just having fun uh, what came along with it is surprising and great in terms of the outpouring of people liking and listening to the podcast. I mean, I still remember the day. <laughs> I don't know exactly what, what day it was in December, but it was a day of when PNP ended and they just did that Q&A. And then I remember Bert just sitting there exhausted in the back in the kitchen in the old hyper house. And I remember acting like, hey, you you want to do a new story within the master universe and his he just went tied to like oh <laughs> <laughs> i will never forget that picture that that scene of him just lighting up yes yes no incentives no incentives and whatnot and don't get me wrong i i i enjoy doing stuff like that um oh same same and, yeah. uh, hyper like which are which which rpg still one of my favorite rpgs that i've played on to this day uh that that involved incentives but just having a story uh just no incentives involved just wanting to tell a story and just bringing people in to uh listen to what we, we develop is just one of my uh i love that so yeah agreed yeah and i think yeah 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 <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i'm just really happy with how this, this this is i just love playing with you guys it's just so refreshing and in quarantine especially like this is something that I've been really looking forward to. And where we started, like, I mean, guys, like, I can't believe we had, like, this is going to be coming out, but and everyone knows this because we tweeted it, but, like, like Mark Mir came on and played with us, and Jovin played with us. It's I just never, I never Hale imagined. also knows of it now. And yeah. A bunch yes. of writers. Yeah. Shook. Completely yeah. shook. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. So, speaking of character, here is a question about that. I know that sometimes when I create, so this is a very, this is a first person question. I know that sometimes when I create a character for a tabletop RPG, the idea of having them when starting, uh, when starting changes as the campaign gets going and proceeds. Uh, mine starting as a venture and transition into more of a negotiator slash business person. Hmm. Are, hmm. are your characters now what you pictured at creation? That's very good. Speaking of negotiations, <laughs> this oh, this this reminds me totally of Emily, and totally correct me if I'm wrong, but with Melovia, there was like a charisma element that kind of started coming into play later. Jeez, yeah. So if you have not seen the the, I'm laughing right now. Sorry, that's my voice. That's what my voice is doing. Um, if you've not seen the Mass Effect Nat Twenty, uh, book, uh, the PDF online, uh. The Turian class is the least charismatic class. I had na I naturally have a negative two to everything. Diplomacy, every charismatic <laughs> role. So every time I level up, I am putting more points in there. I think, yeah, I didn't... That was such a... It's a very interesting thing to battle with. And so I think, yeah, Malovia ended up becoming much more of this kind of flirt, cocky, kind of silly, confident woman. But it was her it's her cockiness that hides kind of her pain. She definitely is, is very much this person that puts up walls and puts up a front, a very, a very relaxed front. And it's so funny that, yeah, that, that character type clashes with like 
the crunchiness of the book and the, the numbers that the book is given, but it gives me really, really fun things to play with, especially when she wants to try and romance everyone, and uh, I can't do that very well. <laughs> I love that you keep doing it. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to work one of these days. <laughs> one of these days. One of these days. Um, for Vogue, I, I think he's mostly the same. Um, I think he's a bit, he's a way more blunt now though. Like I think in the beginning I was a little bit more reserved and he's definitely like open to calling out things that he finds weird. Like, he, you know, and I think back in the earlier episodes, um, you know, um, when he was feeling oppressed and stuff, he would kind of, I would roll odds or evens to see if he like kept his cool or not. Um, which, you know, which I thought was cool, but I think now he's just kind of like more honest which i which which i didn't think it was gonna happen but now he's just honest but yeah i think he's still i still he's still him he's still very much the fighter in the group uh i, I somehow he like i feel like sometimes i'm like oh that felt like a draxy thing to do like he feels a little bit like drax um so i yeah i just i really just like what he is i love i love my character Uh, okay, so for Valor, I think I, I wanted him to be, I guess, weak to start off with. That was kind of my main thing of like, you know, he's got this... Uh, wait, can we... Yeah, we, there was the reveal, right? It's fine. Yeah, so he's got this biotic power, right? And essentially, I was like, oh, I don't want to make him like super crazy. Like, oh, he's got this hidden power. It's more just like, here's this thing that's almost kind of like a stigma to him. And it's what he's running from, you know? And so mm-hmm. I wanted to sort of give him a little more weaknesses so that he could just continue to develop and and uh, sort of come out of those. And I think that's that's how we turned out to yeah. be. What kills me is that you intentionally build a weak character, but somehow your dice are like, nope, here's nat 20s with living. Here's a nat 20 with Hacken and Atlas. Here here you go. Here you go, beautiful Solarian boy. Yeah, yeah that was... Uh, with Jaizira, um, she was very much, uh, in some ways, is reserved um, due to her backstory. Um, I think it's hard for her to fully trust and open up to anyone, um, especially given the circumstances with uh, <laughs> Hannibal. Um, I. I see in certain instances and in certain episodes her opening up more and more. So I'm excited to um, start to break down the walls more for her character because it's definitely there. She definitely is starting to feel a kinship with the group. Yeah. Uh, Yes, to a degree. Granted, like Bert said earlier, you can't really plan some things when it, when it happens or whatever comes out. Uh, I didn't picture how some things about uh, Nickens, how it came out at that point, but it, I was told, I'm totally fine at how it came out as a result. Um, but it's, it's, inter- it's interesting because I remember talking to Bert maybe a few weeks ago, asking like, I don't know where to take this guy anymore after this, what happened at the end of uh, season one. And I'm more of, I'm playing him now. I don't want to put too much of spoilers. I'm fine with how he's, what's going on with him. Uh, and I'm just more of a wait and see and roll what what's going on <laughs> at this point. Uh, but 
yes. Like I said, I, I, I could go more, but that would go into spoilers. So. What about you, Am? Oh, I talked about it a little at the beginning. Oh, you but did. Yeah, right. Malovia, not a charismatic race, ends up becoming a very charismatic uh, negotiating character, yeah. which I think, thinking about it now, yeah, um, maybe this was a part of her. And that now, even though she thinks it's a wall that she's using to deflect, maybe she was always this charismatic Turian that kind of stood out and wasn't as accepted as she thought she was. And maybe mm -hmm. now she's finally finding in a family that accepts her. So here we go. This is a technical question for Naeem. Um, can you walk us through the process of adding effects and music in post-production for the episodes? Um, after we're done recording, I usually go through each person's track and then apply the, uh, their voice effects, i.e. floor, evoke, uh, melovia. And sometimes Bert's NPCs, depending on which character uh, was in that uh, episode. And I had the effects there, and then I just put it all together within um, uh, Premiere. And then that's where I had the fun of combining all the music and the effects and the voice effects and everything into make sure it's synced and all that. Uh, sometimes Evan helps me out with certain effects, i.e. like the uh the drill effect um where we've had uh color i needed his voice done and sometimes Cerberus as well we had some uh voice effects for Cerberus soldiers so um it, yeah it's it's a it's a kind of a long process depending on how long the episode is and what goes on in with an episode like the new boater episodes for example how much action was happening um those took a bit to edit because there's a lot i want to have I want to make sure the person listening was like in, uh, in it with us, uh, in the experience. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm constantly going back and listening to old episodes to try to improve on them, uh, audio wise. So I, that's why Matt mentioned earlier that we're, we're remastering the first episode. Cause that's usually that that's the episode that brings people in and, uh, note to self not note to self uh evan didn't have his uh effects at first for valor originally i was going to put it in but then i was like every other episode has his effects so I, I might as well just put it in so uh that's one of the reasons why i'm remastering it and just to touch it up anyway in general so uh, but yeah that's pretty much the process of it I know for I know for me personally, I lo we listen we have a music track in a Discord that we listen to as a group yeah. when playing in the episode and just hearing that music, depending on if we're in a fight or depending on where we are, just really helps set the mood too and feel like we're really there. Speaking of music, um, I think this is a good time to bring up that we're going to be putting original music in there. <gasps> Um, Evan has been working on the theme song, which sounds fucking amazing. Oh, but somebody else has been working on music as well. I'm doing some instrumentals. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. going to be all original score for all episodes. I'm oh. adding vocals. I'm going to be singing your theme song. <laughs> oh. It's all Gregorian chants. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's actually really exciting. It's it's really cool. I'm very, yeah, man. very pumped for people. 
it makes so, us way less nervous too about like, oh, is this are we we good? You know? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, definitely. DMCA, no. What? <laughs> so here's a, a follow up audio question. Uh, it's kind of I think you touched on what audio editing software you used for the voice effects. You said you edited it in Premiere, Naim. Yeah, I go back and forth with Premiere and Audition. Okay. Uh, and then uh, this user was wondering if the voice effects for different aliens are applied in post, or if the players get to hear the voices during the recording. Oh, they're all done in post. I, although yeah. I'm trying to figure out with Zach at Hyper RPG and Lucas how we can do it live, because we were originally wanting to do one for Gen Con coming up, and I just wanted to have that idea down packed for if gen con 2021 happens and they bring us in how we can implement that live so but that's not hap- that's not for now uh, obviously but uh yeah for now for all, for the time i've been editing i've been just doing it in post so so <laughs> matt for example has a slightly deeper voice <laughs> he puts a slightly There's deeper definitely voice. a way to do that live through the mixer so yeah yeah um I yeah, don't have a. Job. I'm not a bass, so it's. Yeah, I do I my to best. Like crank his bass up. Do you want to? Do you want to give him a, an example of what your voice, your Volkirk voice, sounds like when you're alive? Oh yeah. Yeah, so it's like, uh, mm, I don't know. It's like usually I talk like this. Yeah. It, you know, mm-hmm. get out. Kind of. That's like the deepest I can go. I'm not a bass, but you know, it's D and D, so you can be anyone. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but if I, I if I went full Krogan, my voice would be shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the, I, yeah, that's true. So I just talk like this. It works. Yeah. I remember you saying like when you first heard Volk post production, you're like, I didn't know my voice could go to Eddie. <laughs> 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 <That's>, <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> but this is a good opportunity to say like props to Naeem and thanks for yeah. all the hard yeah. yeah, man. A lot of work goes into that. Yeah, you make this, you run this shit, dude. The behind the scenes, man. Yeah. God, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, if you, this podcast would not be as amazing and pristine and polished as it is mm-hmm. without just the amazing technical works of Naeem. Uh, so yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank y'all. It's a, it's a group effort. So. Oh, I just kind of do an accent, and you make <laughs> yeah. us you make us sound so much better. <laughs> We just say, here's my audio files, and sometimes I'm eating when I'm not on care when I'm not characters not speaking. So have fun with that. <laughs> but we love you. <laughs> All right, uh, next question: Has playing in this RPG changed how you look at the Mass Effect universe, and if so, how? Um, not really. Although it just makes me appreciate side stories more. Like, for example, with uh, Rogue One, Star Wars, it, it kind of gives me that feeling. And Rogue One was amazing, in my opinion. One of my favorite uh, stories from Star Wars uh, lore. But, yeah, it just made me appreciate what's happening outside of what's going on uh, currently in the main storyline with, with Commander Shepard. And maybe some of those events that happen outside uh, can affect what's going on in the main storyline. It just, it just adds more layers to our already amazing universe so i know for me um 
a big part of Mass Effect and the thing that Bert has so beautifully woven into this RPG that really makes it feel like it's in the game is the power of choice. Bert constantly is giving us these Mass Effect choices. Do you want to go to the planet that has the, the science or do you want to go to the planet that has the weapons? That was like our first big choice we had. And it stressed me out so much because... I played Mass Effect on my on my Xbox 360, but it was after all the series had been out, so I was a little bad girl, and I was able to look up to see what choices would eventually cause which effects. Sometimes, especially if I was really stressed out by a choice near nearing the end of the game, I was like, "Do I choose this? And what happens to this character?" We don't have cheat guides in the Mass Effect Adventum RPG, so. Literally, we are discovering what these choices are like as we go, and we're going to have to feel the the effects of those choices as we go. We've now seen that that Cerberus does have some kind of crazy tech now. They got some really powerful weapons, and that yeah. was because we chose to save science, which I'm still good with. But um, but I think that that's my biggest takeaway is how much I appreciate the appreciate the power of choice in the original games and in this universe, and just reiterating how like. In our lives, in our daily lives, we make choices, and those choices affect other people and other situations. I think, for me, I definitely think both of you guys nailed it on the head, dude. Like, I I love, like, the moment you added those choices, man, like, those big choices, I was like, this is sick. Like, <laughs> like no matter what we choose, it's going to have major ramifications to the story, and I just thought that was so cool in an RPG setting, man, um, or tabletop setting. Uh, but I also, it also does give you a better appreciation for the universe. And like, there's, and it kind of just goes like, this is the Mass Effect universe. Like you can do so much in it. It is like Rogue One. It's like, how does, you know, how does like this thing like that happen in the main game? How does that affect other characters? And I'm like, it, it just makes you think in a way that I'd never really thought about. So I really, I just, I just absolutely love it, man. And I think, yeah, I think you guys nailed it. Yeah, for me, it's just it, it puts it in perspective how well uh, Bioware made the different species feel so unique. Like you, you look at like this lore, this history of of it, um, which we don't always get right. But uh, it's just it's such a amazing place to hang out in, and that's a testament to like the well craftedness of like the pieces that we have to play with initially, right? Um, if this was like a core box set, the core box set is amazing, and now we're adding in all these like additional things. Um, so it's just like part of the the, um, the fun of the either the tropes that we're leaning into or the tropes that we're leaning against is based off a fundamentally uh, uh, well structured foundation that is the original Mass Effect games. Tanea or Evan? Oh. oh, yeah. In in the vein of like the, the side story idea, I really like the fact that there's no save points in an RPG so that <laughs> in Mass Effect, I'd be like, oh, man, I really screwed up. Somebody died. Okay, let me just restart and try this again. But it's like, well, what would have happened if you didn't 100% this thing and you only got like 75% of the stuff that you needed? How does that shape the story, the, you know, the Mass Effect universe, etc.? So to me, it's like side stories within side stories. It's just really mm-hmm. cool. Uh, uh, yeah, I just like that. Has an auto save feature. Please yeah. <laughs> turn off your console. <laughs> Piggybacking off of what um, Evan and Emily and Naeem were saying, just like the fact that uh, the the side story adding layers, appreciating that more, and also 
the our actions really having consequences like you know this is even though it's a D&D game it very much is consequential in that you can't just go back and like redo a part um so yeah it it's made me much more uh cognizant of the actions and what we're doing um and adds an intensity layer that I didn't get necessarily from the games because I knew that if shit hit the fan like for instance this is a spoiler for Mass Effect 1 but if Ashley shoots Rex I was like nope and I went back and I was (laughs) like all right I'm gonna save Rex and then I chose to kill Ashley at the end because of course uh (laughs) so yeah (laughs) so speaking of change and choices Now that we've been playing our characters for a while, is there anything that you wished you changed or adjusted during character creation? Hmm. See, this is... This may go into spoiler territory then. Uh, Well, no. Let me think on it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for, <laughs> for me i think it's a big i think it's a big no i think even like i mentioned earlier ended up playing a very charismatic style for the least charismatic race but i would not change that for the world because it's given really fun challenging opportunity like challenging moments and it's no fun to play as a character who's super op it's like yep. to have it's mm-hmm. fun to have someone who who isn't who play at someone's weaknesses and I, I really love how Malovia has kind of developed over time. Um, I do have a lot of points in gambling. I would like to use that skill. For some reason, I don't know why I thought during character creation, I was like, I'm clearly going to gamble a lot during this game. And so I uh, would like to do some gambling at some point. So hopefully that will come soon. <laughs> There's a potential for that in season two, depending on how certain actions play out. Oh, boy. <laughs> but knowing you, uh, death and destruction will be your wake. Oh, man. Oh, man. You I collectively, not just, not just more of you. You know, I think I think this kind of goes back to like what our other if we had another character, what would it be? Because I don't think I would change it. Because it was for me, it's like if I wanted to play a Krogan, this is how I would play. If I want to play a Turian, cool. this is how I would want to play. So I don't think I would change it either. Because um, this is kind of like the route that I would have done anyways. You know. Yeah. Same. Uh, I think that. Oh, sorry, Tina. <laughs> no, no, I was just agreeing with what Matt was saying. Oh yeah, I I agree as well. I think one thing I wanted with my character was to kind of be like a reflection, uh, or to like, I guess enhance other characters in that like they could kind of react to Volor's sometimes crackpot antics. Like, you know, Nickens would just kind of shake his head, and and Voke would be like, yeah, let's do this or whatever. Right? There's just like there's different reactions that I had hoped to sort of illuminate what the other characters were thinking. So I, I wouldn't change anything. Yeah, I think our group plays so well off of each other because we're, a lo- in a lot of ways, total opposites. And yeah. it's like a hodgepodge of like, oh, interesting. That's what Emily's name is on her thing. Um, <laughs> oh, It's oh, a reference to a different tabletop RPG podcast. <laughs> we're just like this weird group of people and aliens that, you know, somehow... F- we're like the odd couple like we just found a way like we just work and gel so well 
but to that point I originally I was like oh I'm playing such a straight laced character and I love comedy I love comedy improv you know I was going to like USC uh, not USC uh, UCB <laughs> so, yeah and I was like I really want to be funny somehow but it's really hard to do with a straight laced character and to that point uh, I know uh, Matt mentioned Drax, and I was like, oh yeah, like straight-laced characters can add humor in certain places. Uh, so I went like heavy in on like, okay, this this character is not gonna get literal shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, or like not get figurative shit, I should say. So um, yeah, I've, I've had a lot of fun. I wouldn't change the character. Um, yeah, I think we're I think we're great. <laughs> uh, we are great. Anything. Yeah, I, I'd keep it the way it is. I love it. Yeah. Evan? So that's a, oh yeah, uh, just kind of what I was saying before. I just I, you know I, w I wouldn't I wouldn't change a thing. Sorry, I was just so distracted by uh, Naeem kind of doing more of a Commander Nickens laid back in his chair keeping secrets. I wouldn't change a thing, and then nothing else. Yeah, I was else. like, "What's going on? Like, you were gonna what say something?" And, what is in that yeah. big, beautiful brain? <laughs> Bert, any any NPCs you'd change or? Um, no, no, no. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm like I said, I'm. I'm enjoying all of this, going with the flow. Really like it. Yeah, Heck yeah. yeah. So speaking, here comes uh here's a question I would also like answered. Um is there any chance for romance to happen within the story? I'm trying. Yeah. She's Ladies trying and gentlemen, really hard, I'm trying guys. my hardest. Okay. I, you really I think are. I think well, I think what's really <laughs> interesting is if you look at if you look at the the net 20 <laughs> Oh gosh, if you look at this at the Mass Effect system we're playing, there actually isn't a romance feature. Yeah. There is no built-in romance function or, or stat or, or here's what you do to romance a character. So we've just been kind of creating it as we go, which is, I think, just like building on charisma checks to see if a character <laughs> reacts to it and just kind of like those kind of moments similar to Mass Effect where it's like, oh, you can choose the flirty option here. Did it work? Did it not work? And, and whatnot. Bert? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys are... Uh, it's definitely on the table for both uh, NPCs and you, you guys. I don't know, whatever. You guys are uh, free to. Uh, yes, I think that is. A, let me back it up. Remix this one. That is a staple of Mass Effect, and I am all for it, uh, facilitating it wherever possible. Um, but you know, like all good RPGs, uh, it's based off some roles. So you know. Pursuing it at your own risk, because also, you know, choices. So there you go. Yes, yes. Voke is open for romance. He, he's down he's for some. He's single to find and a ready to mingle. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> my name's Folk. I killed my old crew, and uh, I've, I've got a daughter. daughter. If you're in, I'm a, I'm a family man. <laughs> I'm looking for uh, someone to go on this adventure of life with me. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I love it. I, see it. I love That's that. so good, yeah. Yep. I see it. Uh, my character is basically a monk, so if that happens, that I don't know. That's 
I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I don't foresee that happening, but I don't not foresee that happening. It's one of my favorite moments of the games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah in the same vein as uh, Tanea. Well, a little different. Solarians just aren't really, it's not really their thing. You know, they don't, they don't really do the romance thing. It's, they're more like commercial uh, pacts and stuff like that. But you never know. Stranger things have happened. Well, in, in a way, like Malovia's character, she has dealt with romance through her past. Mm -hmm. um, that was revealed, was it the last episode or was it a couple episodes before? I don't remember when exactly you, you brought up Caius. It's been, um, Caius, yeah, Caius, uh, it's been hinted at, yeah. yeah. But Caius um, being a big part of her life. Yeah, so it's kind of there. I mean, there's potential for other ones, other people to show stuff that's happened in the past that's in the realm of romance but we'll see i think the closest we shall see. the closest we had to like a, a sort of we had a we had sort of a romance episode in the beginning what was that one where uh commander nickens is like hey valor are you up and then we had that string oh, yeah. of text messages <laughs> between oh, yeah. everybody. I was like, took what? It, yeah. Totally different. I just wanted oh, to say, accidentally, like, are oh, you commander. up? Commander. <laughs> oh, Commander. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. What was that part so... of my fan fiction that I've been writing about the show? Oh my god. I am so down for fan art and fan fiction of Mass Effect. My Inventor. favorite part, actually, in Mass Effect with Morden was when he's just explaining the different races. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. And how they have sex. I'm just like, what? Like, Morden, yes. stay out of my business. <laughs> I love it. But it's uh, to me, I loved it because it was like you weirdly got this weird lore. Like, you got, like, this more information about each race and, like, their their makeup like their biological makeup and yeah. stuff so like yeah. how how'd this work <laughs> how we do this <laughs> all right uh next question are there any plans for mini quests or one shots that are more lighthearted, like along the same vein as the citadel dlc well a dance party bert and i have talked about stuff for the future in terms of like uh, a perk of something for Patreon or something like that, uh, of doing like a side one shot or something like that. The Rubicon um, Crew saves saves uh, Christmas or the thank holidays. You. That's what I've been yeah. saying. I said that to Naeem. He's like, no, and I was like, dude, you know, Commander, we have to save Christmas. The presents won't get there in time. You know what I mean? I mean, come oh, on. Oh, the, Rubicon. Oh, oh. <laughs> the Rubicon's the fastest ship in the galaxy. There's a solar storm, and only the Rubicon can make it through. It's time for this sleigh to ride on it. <laughs> yeah, it could be like your dream or something. And, whatever. <laughs> and, it, yeah. and it was all a dream. And wow. There, and you were there. Yeah. But then, yeah. but then it would just end on like uh, zooming in on like sleigh bells next to Volk's like bed that somehow mysteriously got there. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was real the whole time. Yeah, it was the all a dream, but was it? It's like the one where it's like it's like we're all maybe we're all like somehow working in the North Pole, and we like Volk thinks he's an elf, and he's like, I'm just an elf. Like <laughs> this is what I do. I make toys, <laughs> and like Giant Zero has to wake us up or something. <laughs> Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Burn and I've talked about <laughs> Burn and I've talked about doing like maybe a one shot of uh, one of 
one or two of the characters here. It, we're, we're, we're talking about stuff like that mm-hmm. for the future. So that'd be cool. Yeah, and I think I think well again. It all it all comes down to player actions, uh, and players can somehow turn a side quest into a major thing. So you know, there's a lot of times where I was like, "Oh, this will take like one or two. It's just quick, quick and one and did." Oh my god, new butters, twelve thousand episodes long. Um, so yes, yeah, I think so. I think I think there's possibilities and options. Um, I think I think um, at least with season two. The way that I'm trying to structure some stuff is, uh, hey, here's here's a location, and here are several components to a larger thing, uh, but they're they feel um, there's connectivity that sutures everything together. But like, oh hey, we went and did this and came back and it's done. Oh, we went to do this and we came back and it's done. So there's like an overall theme or an overall story that's being told but yeah kind of that little mini like oh hey oh yeah yeah remember when we just did that that's cool oh hey remember when we did this just to try and you know new butter river new riverton stuff's great um but i i get it i get it i get sometimes you just want like that hey remember when we just we just we just went and gambled and it was great and then you know Reapers showed up. <laughs> Whoa! It was wild. We survived because we're telling this in the past tense. <laughs> um, you may, you may be wondering how I got here, and it's just oh like the flash. Gosh. Yeah, no. Nope. Uh. Yeah. Awesome. So our next question: uh, If your characters had decided to make the one giant leap with the Andromeda Initiative, what do you think they would be doing in the Helios Cluster? What might curious. get them to leave the Milky Way galaxy for the Andromeda galaxy? Oh, I'm very curious to hear the answer to this question. Oh, this is going to be used uh, in future uh, sessions. What? I'm not writing this down for So Valor would definitely want to move on because obviously he wants to get away from an establishment that has kind of hunted him for a while. But I think he'd be just scanning to his heart's content, you know? I mean, there's so many new things in New Galaxy, and he loves using the Omni tool to kind of do research and and scan and finally focus on who he wants to be, which is exploring his natural curiosity. Yeah. Um, I think, for me, uh, Voke would would want to have a fresh start with his past he'd want to leave that all behind um you know and hopefully with like the genophage and everything like that that he can just start anew um and live kind of equally with everyone else so i think he he wants a fresh start a new beginning and leave the whole krogan history behind him and start something new um well with dickens it'd be interesting because it'll be a fresh start but i don't know how you would take it considering that all his life is career wise he's been in several military soldier for them and so by jumping into the andromeda initiative would that n7 uh career carry over to that uh, i guess um galaxy i mean it, it could he could like uh, make a new military i don't know i i don't know i just I don't know how you would take it. No. Sorry, what was the question? Oop, all good. Um, I got distracted by the fan art that I saw. Uh, (laughs) I was like, 
Mass Effect. Uh, the question is, uh, if your characters decided to make the one giant leap with the Andromeda Initiative, what do you think they would be doing in the Helios Cluster? What might get them to leave the Milky Way Galaxy for the Andromeda Galaxy? I think for Malovia, I think it depends on what her 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 status is. Um, she could either I could either see her going kind of like a fork in the road. If she wants to be more alone, I could see her kind of going off and being kind of like a lone mercenary that goes around and helps people. Uh, is hired to take out and make safe other planets, other and kind of help if, if help in state like law or just protect people on different settlements and whatnot. But I could also really, I'm actually leaning towards this option more, what I'm about to say. So I could definitely see her becoming a teacher. I could see Malovia becoming kind of like a, um, a mili- maybe like a military instructor, but much more of like a pre, cause her, I, I think this has been revealed at this point, but her family member is one of the Turian Primarchs. So she is very much ingrained in Turian culture. And it is the Turian culture itself that has kind of turned its back on her. So I think moving into this next galaxy, I think it's it's very much kind of like echoing our question earlier about the past and the future. I think she'd be very interested in someone who says, like, let us learn from our past, but also let us create a better future together. So just taking her military skills and teaching this next group of, like, here's how you can be the best fighter. And being the best fighter isn't just about closing yourself off or just only thinking about the directive. It's also about thinking about your teammates and just kind of building that narrative. Hmm. This is a good question. Um, I honestly don't know. Like, it really depends on a lot of different things happening within our story. Um, in some ways, I, I go with the flow of my roles too. So you know, it it really depends. I mean, the grandmasters. Yes, that's like the whole. Jan's collective's spiel. So, yeah, he's going for sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, I think this will be definitely like a we shall see moment, too, as as we move closer towards the end of, of the Mass Effect 3 timeline and into yep. the Andromeda timeline. Yeah. This will be very, very fun. Uh... So was there a moment or an event that happened during the first season that you wish could be taken back or altered? I.e., is there something you wish you could have done differently? Oh, man. Where to start? I think I could have... I, 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 I immediately, I think of New Boater and and just running out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> running out. Yes. It worked. It kind of worked out. But, uh, yeah. I don't know why. I was like, I'm just going to run out there and beat the crap out of him. Yeah, I don't And time. then pick up the turret and like <laughs> and break the turret up and smash it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the was so bad. <laughs> oh, I just think of the Jamie Lee Curtis, the the her like angry face. Her yeah. drinking and then pointing, yeah. yeah. Oh my god. I could have played that. I, I kinda wish I played that a little. I'm glad I didn't, because it led to like some really great moments yeah. with the, you know, yeah. the characters, but Probably like I think Vogue probably would have done this a little cleaner. <laughs> it was decisions were made, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's what we love about Vogue is because you know he takes action and he'll just you know he'll just do stuff. We need that. We need that. Uh, you know, 
driving force. He's basically Vin Diesel in Fast and Furious. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's like, I got this. <laughs> it turns oh, God. a transport ship. Wow. And it runs out. It's yeah, that. Wow. Oh, my God. That happened. Oh, that did happen. I, one of my proudest though. moments, y'all. That's <laughs> yeah, so awesome. Uh, speaking of New Boater, Planet of Regrets, I... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's on the postcard now. <laughs> That's good. Uh, exploring the dark hallways and trying to chase down Hannibal, I would have not opened the door and just stood in in the in the doorway like an idiot and gotten just directly uh, stabbed. That was, a, that was an intense experience and uh, tested our understanding of what the game rules were. I'm very lucky that uh, I didn't die, but. Uh, Whew, it led to the catchy song of Check Your Corner. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. Check Your Corners. Oh, man. Yeah. Right. yeah. That's true. So there's a silver lining to that. Yeah. I think the only thing that I probably regret doing so soon is revealing that I was a Spectre. I probably would have held on to that way longer. Because the first episode was, I was trying to figure out and feel how everything was going to run so I, I wasn't like I could have played it better with the Spectre thing so I probably would have held that for a, a while without revealing that I mean don't you have enough secrets <laughs> I don't have any more secrets so I, 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 I think we're that you're aware of mm. yeah that I'm aware oh, of <laughs> Tanea um, um you know I mean I feel like my character is just so honest and just upfront. Um, I personally am a very secretive person, uh, so it's very hard for me to play a character who's just like, yes, I'm a Justicar to like a group of bandits. Um, but I don't really regret any choice I've made thus far because I feel like it is very much who this character is. Um, so yeah, no regrets. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for me, it's easily losing Anna Skillman. I still oh, feel so bad about that. Oh and yeah, I forgot about her. Oops. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh okay. Okay. I will be. I will be a little honest. I do have slight regret with uh, maybe beating, one regret <laughs> beating the crap out of uh, that high pitched Krogan. Um, oh. But he was in the way of the of my mission, so you know I had yeah. to as a just a car, you know. Um, yeah. Nothing He's like get, befriending him and then leaving that. him for dead, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, one, oh, for me, I, New Boater is also a planet of regrets for me. Uh, I should have just had that second atlas get there sooner. Uh, was two, two ally. Probably <laughs> two ally. Yeah, well. All right. Uh, so I just want to actually. I want to. I want to double down on that. Uh, it's, a, it's a decision oh that, that, has, that has happened, <laughs> and you know, it's one of those things where I understand that uh, you know the dice were not with me in that moment. Um, you can't. You can't fudge it. But at the same point, um, it's a. Dis it's a, an event that has not fully completed its its fuckery with me yet because you all still have an atlas and it's like I know that like whatever I throw at you it's like you have this giant atlas. ridiculous thing that has yet to come back to haunt me and um, I think about it constantly so yeah yeah, yeah. well you yeah. think of consider this with atlases 
it needs a driver and yes you, if you have valor has to drive it supposedly so uh, unless far, he, so good yeah so i don't know how valor is with controlling it other than how we did in no voter no voter so he things can control change. it yeah what are you yeah. trying to say you know I, I, no, i'm I, saying things can happen <laughs> things can happen no that's true you know it all comes that's down true. to to the you know the pilot fuller might just be like ah, i don't know and then you know something happens a lot but of people have joked that we forgot about the atlas um I just feel yeah. I mean, yeah, I feel right? like we haven't needed it yet. I'm but... just a car. <laughs> I'm just a car. Just like smashing over things. I know that. I know that the Reapers are coming, so it's inevitable that we're going to probably need it. Yep. So. Yeah, and don't forget about the Cerberus uh, turrets. That could make piloting an atlas challenge. So I think yeah. there's some some balance to be had there. Mm-hmm. Not to give Bernie any ideas, but hopefully that helps you sleep better at night. Oh, it does. Oh, no. Um, so, with quarantine going on, do you have any advice for listeners to run their own Mass Effect tabletop RPGs at home? Especially if they're running, running them remotely through video conferencing and voice chats during the ongoing shelter-in-place. I'm sure Bert has some good ones, but one thing that I... Uh, instantly thought of was like sometimes the rules can be a little complex and of course if you're just getting together with your friends to have fun don't be overwhelmed by like oh there's a lot of rules uh just create your characters to the best of your ability and if and some of the smaller things you'll kind of pick up later but you could just start having fun now yeah i mean this is kind of a tag team with naeem since he's the uh, co-creator and executive producer so he's dealing with a lot of stuff when it comes to logistical side of like making sure that we have the right infrastructure, uh, everything's set up. It's a lot. It's very easy to um, quote unquote say, "Hey, we're gonna meet online," but like coordinating, coordinating, blah, 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 blah. coordinating people's schedules, you still have to do it because you know people have lives even within quarantine and things that they're doing. Uh, you know, recommending like we created like a Discord, uh, so just allowing us to like little things of like oh great we can still play music and play we can have a space where we can like throw ideas around like creating a room that's just for your players uh and yet they don't realize they didn't change the settings so i can see everything i'm I'm still trying to figure it out yep um (laughs) you know things like that just little little stuff that you gotta you gotta you know there are there are little tips and tricks to the trade uh but yeah i did not know that yeah yeah um we haven't experimented with roll 20 as a as a uh, thing but i know a separate thing that i'm doing which is just like uh, for funsies um having a map uh that you can move little tokens around definitely changes the flow um it definitely makes it more mechanical because you're like well how far away am i and what's my distance but if that's the kind of gameplay that you like it turns it actually into a game um you can you can look for um, solutions like that um but i think evan nailed it in the head it's just have fun like you could there's even if you're like oh i don't know how to run a system or do anything there are so many super simple systems that are just fun for one-offs like i uh cannot stress how much i love the goblin quest system and it's a system that you can play with some friends one time and have some ridiculous fun and um it's just a great way to uh reconnect with people during a time where everyone is very feels very isolated um that yeah yeah i just just start just start 
and uh, see where it goes. But Naeem, do you want to pile on to that at all? Is there any additional things? Uh, the main thing is with that is just make sure the goal is to have fun. And if you're having fun, then possibilities are endless with what you do and create in these RPGs, I feel. Um, like, it could be the most ridiculous story you can imagine. Like, i.e. Goblin Quest, how ridiculous that can get. Uh, but as long as you guys and gals have fun, the possibilities are endless. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we've got two more questions left. Two more questions. So our penultimate question is, what would your dream Mass Effect Adventum Easter egg in a in, if Bioware ever wanted to do a shout out in the next Mass Effect game? That's I, dope. Wow. That's, that's a great a, one, yeah. Yeah, that's really good. I, I think... I don't know how the next one will be, obviously, but it would be cool if somehow they're trying to figure out, I don't know if they were going to use the ship in Andromeda, the same design, but let's say they're trying to figure out a new design for a ship and you get to pick a design. It could be cool if they could, he could be scrolling by and you could see the Rubicon design that you can't. I was thinking oh, and, the same yeah, thing, dude. And you can't pick it because it's like, oh, sorry, you, that's already been used. Uh, yeah. And you just, okay, cool, and scroll by. It would be cool to see that design. Or just seeing like your your ship where Naeem, the Rubicon just like parked yes. <laughs> and, like on some planet yeah. in the background, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well oh. I have a I have a quick question. Wasn't there a way in the Mass Effect games I haven't played them in a while, where you could like collect little models of ships and you could display them in your Ooh. quarters? Yeah. yeah. I think it'd be fun to find a, a Rubicon model that you yeah. could add to your collection. Or even maybe like little like diaries like that mention different events like did you have you ever heard the tale or like you hear overhearing characters at like say there's a bar or something and you hear characters talking no i swear the solarian hacked an atlas and just hearing like tiny little oh, like yeah. conversational nods to like yeah those moments that'd be awesome i think it, there's like to add to that uh you know how you would go around and scan planets uh, who's to say that like new boater couldn't just be a planet that you could scan in a certain system or new riverton or whatever or let's say you know if you are on like palavin or one of the moons of palavin like there's you know i'm sure there's screens with like names or like a database of military names and you can see like malovi on there there's ways to reference the characters names as well or just like uh you know maybe there's a crate of chefer snacks just sitting around in some uh or they're like <laughs> in the back you can't really buy them but it's part of one of the 3d assets of like the shop or something you know yeah, man. I think the the simplest Easter egg uh, possible, uh, and this is you know a very easy thing to do, uh, is hire all these people to be voice actors in your game. Challenge <laughs> oh. laid down, Bioware. Get them in there. Get get these characters in there. That I mean, the I mean sense, the yeah. ship. Yeah, get the ship. In. No, no, I really do like the Rubicon, and it'd be cool to see it in there. But also, you guys do a phenomenal job. It'd be it'd be cool. The coolest Easter egg would be like, oh, cool, you're walking around, and th- there is Malovia. It's not it's not people talking about uh, an action in a bar. It's Malovia in a bar saying something, right? It's mm-hmm. uh, running into Volkirk and Chizira and Nickens and Valor, right? That would be amazing to me. To me, that 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 would be the ultimate thing is if these characters that you guys have brought to life actually are walking around and oh. in it. I'm here for it. I'm down. <laughs> We're all down. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding? That would be awesome. You were right. That is that is the ultimate Easter egg. That's the coolest one. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then you walk by, you know, Malovi and she's like chatting on her comms. JZR, what do you mean you're in the vents? I love it. I would, yeah. I think that would be so special. It would be so nice. And finally, our last question. Um, what was what was the thinking behind the wonderful Black Lives Matter posts put out on Twitter and the Facebook pages? Oh. Well, you want to go say it, Bert? Or you? I mean, I'll... I'll I'll start it, but then I'll kick it over to you. Um, I mean, obviously, this is a matter that is near and dear to all of our hearts. This is something that, um, you know, there's a lot going on um, right now, and it's tough. Um, And so I think um, it's important, no matter who you are, to say it, uh, if you believe it. And if you don't, uh, I really question, or I really ask you just to look into some stuff. But I am very proud of the fact that... um, we're a very um, diverse group here, um, and that's, I think, a core of what Mass Effect is, and I'm very proud to have um, Naeem and Tania as part of this. Um, and so I think, yeah. yeah, it was an idea that, as the creators of it, um, Naeem and I just felt very strongly about it, and with that being said, I, I could go over to Naeem because uh, he crafted, I think, something that was very special. Yeah, I, I originally wasn't going to write it because I was too overwhelmed with stuff going on. So I kicked it over to Bert. And then when he wrote it, I looked at it. I was like, no, like, there needs to be, there's something missing from it. And and then I asked Tanea about her uh, opinions on it. She was like, yeah, you, you need to write it. Uh, so, yeah, I had, I took it upon myself to write it with help from uh, Aubrey, our good friend Aubrey. Uh, she gave me some pointers to where to take it. And then I crafted something that you, pretty much what you've read. And uh, yeah. <laughs> it was perfect, man. Because I, I know we, we've all been kind of read uh, speaking on our own platforms. And I, uh, you know, the wording from, I, I never, I don't, I guess I don't really, I never really thought of us as like, we're not like a company or anything, but it's like where people like listen to us, like our podcast. And I think that it, what you said was really what we, you know, it, it, it kind of embellishes what we all believe and stand for and what Mass Effect stands for. I thought it was really, really well said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, 100%. And if you haven't seen that post, you can find it on our Twitter page and you can find it on our Facebook page. And yeah, just continue to support the amazing talents of Tanea and Naeem. And it's such an honor. And I think I've said this earlier, like I'm so blessed and thankful to become such better friends with the both of you during this time. And Mass Effect Adventum would not be anything that it is without each of both of y'all's amazing talents and contributions to this. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> uh, to that point, I just want to say that um, I realize a lot of people are confused why brands and companies are speaking out against this. Um, but I do really feel that when you have any sort of audience or any sort of circle of influence, which due to social media, we all have, 
uh, it's important for you to not be impartial and to let people know where you stand. Um, even if you don't really know what to say at first, um, the worst thing possible is to not say anything, to remain silent and um, because even though it's, even in, if you don't condone and support the things that are happening right now, nor vice versa, um, I think it showing, not taking a stand uh, basically has some complicit, um, complacency with it, um, which I think does more harm than good at this point. Like we really need people to uh, voice their concerns and uh, show that we're all in this together. Because like myself, like I, I put out a post where I was like, honestly, like this is a fight I've been fighting for all of my life. And I feel like a lot of the times I feel very alone in voicing these concerns. And it's been so amazing to see a lot of my friends, everyone here and a lot of other people use their platforms to speak out against these things. Like it, it lets me know that I'm not alone in this, you know? And uh, that's why I think the post with uh, Mass Effect is so beautiful because that is the core of Mass Effect is that you're not alone. Even though the universe is very big, uh, you have this, all these people from, all these species from different planets coming together to work uh, in a common goal. So, yeah. 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 Amen. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, uh, thank you everyone for listening to this podcast and thank you for listening to our special Q&A episode. Thank you to everyone who submitted a question for our Q&A. We really appreciate it. And if you liked this episode and you thought it was a lot of fun, you thought it was informative, um, we may do another one a ways down the line, possibly towards the end of season two. Uh, whenever that kind of pans out, we're so excited to be getting into season two with you all. It's going to be one heck of an adventure. Thank you all so much for supporting us to this point. Uh, the reception, the joy, the passion for Mass Effect Eventum has just been so surprising and, and a wonderful for each of us. And uh, it's because of you that makes this experience not only special for us, but for everyone. Uh, we like having fun and telling stories, and we're so glad to be on this adventure with you all as well. So, uh, if you haven't told your friends about Mass Effect Adventum, and you know they're like, Mass Effect, uh, we implore you to do so. Uh, we're, like Naeem mentioned earlier, we do have a remastered version of that first episode coming out, which would be a great way to introduce your friends into the series. Uh, and you can also share them, our socials with them as well. You can find us on Twitter at Emmy Adventum. You can find us on Facebook at Mass Effect Adventum. And you can find our podcast where, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And you know what? We always appreciate uh, a review and a rating. So if you haven't done that yet, uh, we would, all of us right here, would appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts if you, if you would do so. Because uh, the, the positivity, the sharing, the y'all reaching out to us on Twitter and socials uh, of, yeah, just y'all sharing our, our podcast, y'all talking with us on all these social media platforms just keeps spreading the word and it makes, and it just makes the podcast and makes us really feel like a big Mass Effect family. Bert Naive, is there anything else you want to add on to the end here that I did not? <laughs> um, 
Yeah, go ahead, Nate. Oh, yeah, just to follow up with that, uh, you guys want to do any fan art of us, <laughs> other characters, any characters in the story, feel free to tweet it out at us. We've already gotten some already, which are phenomenal, and we would love more. <laughs> yeah, at M-E Eventum yes. on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to add that this has been a phenomenal experience just personally playing with uh, this group and then also seeing all the love and support. Um, stay tuned because with success, all things are possible. Um, we got some exciting uh, Mass Effect uh, additional things that you will hopefully enjoy um, coming out that you can, um, yeah, yeah, you can, you can continue the the fun and adventures. Um, small little slices um stay tuned yeah and if if you have friends who never listened i think season two episode one is a great starting point oh boy it is agreed <laughs> but yes. go back and listen to all of it but if they want to start now season two episode one man oh man boy oh boy that uh <laughs> the hype is real y'all man. the hype is real oh, yeah <laughs> Yeah, man. I don't know what to tell you besides check it out when it's when it's out. And <laughs> yup. Um, that's oh, it. That's boy. all I got. Thanks, everybody. Oh, be sure. No, also be sure to jump in that Discord. Um, you know, we said before the, the top of the show, like, hey, or I think during it with the questions too, uh, we have a Patreon exclusive channel within it. So that that's where you can make your characters. But there is just an open channel. Uh, I believe that you can just join and talk to us, uh, and we love to see more and more people in there chatting directly with us. Uh, it's not Patreon exclusive, right? So you can just get in there and, and chat. Um, and there's also a lot of cool other channels in there as well that you can hopefully find other people and communicate with uh, with people within the whole hyper crew and channels. Uh, there's a lot in there, so um, check it out. Check it out. And uh, I agree also, get that fan art in. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Until next time, keep making those tough decisions. <laughs> <laughs>